Hello, friends. Before we get into today's Compassion Radio broadcast, an update on our special giving opportunity to support the church in Ukraine. By now, you all know that the worst-case scenario for that country has become a reality, especially because we have so many wonderful God-fearing friends there who are committed to bringing the gospel to their region of the world. We are grieving. We very much want you to care and to give and to help them. I spent a long night communicating with these brothers and sisters in Christ. And that includes the amazing kingdom servant Oleg Magdich, who has pastored and provided relief to many of the evangelical churches that were started in eastern Ukraine since the border war began in 2014. I'll be airing more of my interview with him next week, but today I want you to hear an excerpt. These are Oleg's words to your hearts. I hope you'll step up today and help us send him as much support as possible, for the hardest work is just beginning. Please give your best today. We were going to go to the very front line to deliver help to our friends that were under heavy shelling in the last couple of days, and one of them was injured. The whole infrastructure was destroyed. We left Kiev at 9 p.m., driving through the night. We stopped on the way to get some gas in a city called Kharkiv, which is one of the largest cities in eastern Ukraine. I got a message from one of my friends from the States, and he was like, hey, Putin just announced war against Ukraine. As we were coming out, I gathered my team, and I was going to tell them. Suddenly, rockets landed. could see the bright sky. You know, the heavy rocket shelling started about 5 a.m. We decided that we can't go to the front lines because it's super dangerous, and we have only one armored vehicle. We decided to turn around and go back to Kyiv to help our families. And as we were turning around, we could hear and would feel the parts of the rockets smashing our armored vehicle. My wife and my youngest son took off with 20 other people. They will try to get to western Ukraine. They're advancing from all sides, tanks and rockets and planes and helicopters. It's like I'm sleeping, you know, and I want to wake up. Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. It's the end of the week, and it's time for our Compassion Radio's 360, a look around at what God's doing in the world as much as what the world itself is doing. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the microphone for this end-of-the-week survey. It's good to be here, hon. Okay, hon, there's been a lot of heavies out there. We'll talk a little bit about those today. How are you responding to that? And what kind of uh, talk are you having with friends and other ministry partners or colleagues you've got out there in the world? Well, there's a lot to be sad about. There's a lot of heavy things happening, like you said. And the biggest thing on our minds right now is the situation in Ukraine. And you and I have dear friends there. And we are concerned for them. We are petitioning God on their behalf for their safety and for the preservation of their country. And we have a lot of friends here in the States that hold Ukraine dear in their heart as well. We've interviewed Fred Human here on the broadcast before, and he's got a very 
tender place in his heart for the country of Ukraine as well. Back and forth at least uh, once or twice a year to help the work of Ukraine Evangelical Theological Seminary as they train up the worship leaders and pastors that are still building churches. We got involved with friends from there and through there Mm -hmm. to help sponsor the first no-man's-land church that had ever been built, Mm -hmm. as far as we know. Mm -hmm. And that happened right after the Maidan protests had brought down the government that was a puppet regime. And when they restarted their government, Russia was having none of that, and they ended up occupying quite a big chunk of Ukraine from that point forward. We haven't heard a lot about it over the past five years, but they've been present Mm -hmm, all that time. mm -hmm. As we're recording this program, Putin has just finished signing the decrees that he's going to officially be going into Ukraine. Everyone in Ukraine, of course, knows he's already been there. Right. But now it's quote-unquote official. Just take that world and suck on them grapes. Is what seems to be the attitude coming across. And the church, of course, is not asking us to take up arms for things. They don't want anyone to fight, period. They want God to intervene. So mm-hmm. I would encourage our listeners again to intercede. Yeah. Become intercessors on behalf of your body, the Christian church in Ukraine, which is doing everything in their power as God enables them to minister to the needs emotionally, spiritually, and physically of their countrymen as they prepare for what mm-hmm. might be coming next. Well, as you said at the beginning of the broadcast, there is a matching gift for this week that has been happening this week for people of Ukraine, for our friend Oleg Magdich, who worked with the church on the front lines. He's supplying medicines and food and shoes and all kinds of basic needs for not just people on the front lines, not just families that live in those areas in no man's land, but also for soldiers, Ukrainian soldiers who don't have the the means to provide for themselves. They have improved their supply lines undoubtedly over the past few years. And Oleg is a rough and tumble kind of guy, but he's also a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So when he goes in there, he doesn't go in with bombs and bullets loaded to the gills. He brings medicine and food supplies and other things that they're asking for that are not violent and are not deadly mm-hmm. because he wants people to survive this. Yeah, And he's still going back and forth. I'm praying that God will protect him and keep him out of the clutches of those who might seize that territory. But we have an obligation, I think, as a church to stand with those who stand with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Since we have an open door and actual relationships there, that's why we opened up opportunity to be giving toward that. One of our listeners stepped up and said, I'd love to do a matching grant on that. That's how that offering gets doubled this week. Yeah, it's so, so great. I do, of course, encourage people to step into that. So the military is obviously going to be something that's in our minds. Does this mean a bigger war is going to happen across Europe? Are the Americans going to get involved somehow? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of worries about that as well. But that does not mean that every military story is going to be a tough one. In fact, we found a good news story this week that we thought would be kind of the focus of our roundup of the news in America and also lead us into kind of a neat scripture focus for the end of the program. So I want you to introduce the story and where you found it. Well, I found the story reading through the New York Times, and it's about a new twist on the impact the pandemic has had on local schools. And we all have read in the news stories of horrific situations and conditions in schools. We've all heard the stories of how the schools are Mm short-staffed and the situation is dire in a lot of areas of our country. And New Mexico has been hit probably the hardest Partly because the number of people who have been affected by or have died from COVID is much higher per capita than most states. 
and that even hit teaching population mm-hmm. of the schools across the state. Plus, tax revenues taking a plunge and not being able to supply the schools with what they needed. Mm-hmm. Teachers, like a lot of nursing staff, other people that were frontline responders, are just checking out. Yeah. They've, had, they've had enough stress trying to hold things together. It's time to go for them, and their minds are trying to turn over a new leaf. But that leaves people that have to run the schools and the governments that have to support them in a lurch. So the governor of New Mexico tries something different. The governor deployed the National Guard to be substitute teachers in the school system. To figuratively hold down the fort. The worst job imaginable in education, and I, you and I have both <laughs> been both there before, it, yes. where you step into a place where the kids and the teachers and the families already have relationships and you don't. It's got to be the most thankless job in education to be a substitute teacher. What I did appreciate about that order was that she didn't just mobilize National Guard. She mobilized civilian employees mm-hmm. of her government, including herself, mm-hmm. to be on the rolls as substitute teachers. It's been really a great situation for them. The students have loved it. The parents are pleased with what's happening. And the guardsmen are enjoying themselves as well. Now, there's always naysayers and there's always Mm -hmm. people that say, oh, this is going to make students frightened that there's someone in uniform there. From what the story says, the way these guardsmen have handled this, it's been a very positive situation. I love that a group of people that is meant for war has been used for peace in this way. And it's brought a lot of assurance and security to students in these smaller school districts who are without teachers. And are going to be for a while. They gave them the option of either getting in their civilian clothes or to show up in their uniforms. Most of them chose to show up in uniform. They're trying to portray a positive image here. They're trying to show these students that this is a positive thing and maybe that we're real people, too. Even though we wear this uniform, we are just like you. We're just like your mom and dad. We have families of our own. We went to school just like you, and we have other jobs as well. But this is something that we can do to help our communities. These are proud servicemen and women. Yeah. They're proud to serve their country and wearing Colonels their uniforms. Colonels and generals, top tiers yeah, of the military yeah. being part of this. When the military is deployed to go war overseas, that's tough on everybody, the families especially. And the National Guard has become mobilized like never before since the beginning of the War on Terror back at the beginning of the 2000s. There have been more National Guardsmen activated to be involved with foreign wars than pretty much any time in our history. Right. And that is a big drag on the resources of the states. They're usually deployed, historically speaking, for national disasters, to rebuild bridges, Mm -hmm. to get communications and sewage services, those kind of things reactivated so that... There would be safety and there would be Mm -hmm. clean water available to people after a tornado or a hurricane or something. We see our National Guardsmen at their best when we see them serving us. Yeah. The governor's basically declared that education in her state is an emergency. Absolutely. And so when she activates the National Guard to get involved with that, it's because she takes it seriously, that the kids themselves are going to be without teachers. Education is going to suffer. A generation of students will not be able to perform or be able to climb the ladder educationally or through business and and life Mm -hmm. without the immediate support and, and backstop of somebody. So who do we go to? We go to the National Guard. Yeah. What you read in this article about the way they've gotten involved and what the positive impact has been on the schools and on the families. What's distinctive for you? Well, I think it's the way the Guard themselves have responded to the call. 
it's been overwhelmingly positive for them. They have put on their best faces and their their best mask, if you want, (laughs) and put on this great attitude about it. And going into these classrooms, many have said, wow, it just rekindled my love for young people or for teaching, or it really reminded me of why I joined the Guard in the first place. And that was really encouraging to me to see that these men and women have sacrificed a lot and their families have sacrificed a lot when they join the Guard. Now, the National Guard are men and women who have everyday jobs, just like us. They're nine to fives or whatever they do for a living. And then they go at certain times of the month or of the year and they go and do drills and serve. And then when they're called up for, like you said earlier, natural disasters, they go and their workplaces support them in that. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. As I mentioned at the top of the program, we have a very special giving opportunity this week and this week only to double your gift for a special offering to the church in Ukraine. Our partner in this is our dear friend and fearless kingdom servant, Oleg Magdich. He has laid it all on the altar to serve the Lord, and I absolutely mean that. Please cover him and his team in nonstop prayer as they find new ways to care for the Ukrainian church, now literally behind enemy lines. And pray for the protection of their families who are now en route cross-country to flee the fighting in and around their homes in the capital of Kiev. Then, and I beg of you, send your best gift today to support the Christian family there. If you give this week, your gift will be doubled by a very generous and anonymous donor. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. There was another story about a school district in Minnesota that had used the National Guard for bus drivers because oh, yeah. they lost a lot of their bus drivers throughout the pandemic. And the kids loved that. They thought that was just awesome that this soldier was driving their bus. And that's basically how the kids in the schools have handled it as well. It appears to be a very positive thing. Okay, so we've got a win-win going here. Any downsides to this? Not particularly in New Mexico. There wasn't a lot of downside that was quoted on here. Other places that uniformed personnel have been used, there was some concern about it. There was a story from Oklahoma where police officers were used as substitute teachers, and there was a little bit of concern with children of color being afraid of the police officers Mm. in the school district. I didn't read any more on that, and I don't know how that panned out, but that was a concern. I mean, obviously, there's going to be pros and cons to every story that we come across, I would think. But for the most part, I think this is a really positive situation. Well, certainly we give the military and police officers a chance to rebuild reputation. They've taken a real beating in a lot of ways the past few years. 
probably most of it not fair. But there's a lot of anxiety about all the reasons why we have to keep deploying military or have to keep sending out more and more highly armed police departments around the country. Mm -hmm. The more we spend on military and police forces, the less safe we feel as we go along the way. Seems to be what's going on with the country in general. Mm -hmm. So that right there, I think, deserves a little bit of attention from us in the church to say, how do we pray for this? How Mm -hmm. do we focus on the perceived fear and therefore a perceived need for more protection from things that seem so scary? Mm-hmm. And how do we speak truth and love when it needs to be spoken so that it can be received well by the authorities and by those who must abide by the authorities and the laws that are passed? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension going, and no matter what end of the political spectrum you're on, there's going to be something to complain about. Sure. And yet there's always the need to be called up together to be a people, to be a country that is ready to serve as needed to care for your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those virtues I think that any good country has. But it's also the very heartbeat of the kingdom of God. Mm. And I haven't seen as much attention paid to, well, you know, this is a crisis. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want a crisis to go to waste. And he is obviously putting crises in our lap saying, okay, my church, my body, Mm. what are you going to do about it? How are you going to serve this? I do believe the Holy Spirit's been asking that question a lot Mm -hmm. the past couple of years. The answers I've been getting back have been... A little less than comforting to me because there seems to be much more about individual liberties and rights than there has been about focused kingdom work in our midst so the world will see that we are loving him by loving each other and loving them. And what I mean by loving is not emotion, but action to do the things that are needed. So I would say kudos to the National Guard in New Mexico as they step up and lean in Mm -hmm. to make it possible for families to finally take a breath while their kids get back to school. There was a great quote by one of the colonels that was involved in student teaching in New Mexico. And she said, you always have to be ready when there's a need, when there's a call to service. That jumped off the page to me because that is how we as believers need to live Every day, we need to be ready for the call to service. When it's time for us to step up and meet a need, we need to be ready for that. I appreciated, too, the tongue-in-cheek look at what it means to be ready to serve, because like in the Marines, they have Semper Fi as their motto, which means to be ever faithful, vigilant, and always ready to go. That's their ethic. The motto for this National Guard there in New Mexico has been Semper Gumby, which means always (laughs) flexible. And they have certainly stepped into that. And I had to laugh when I first read that because one of my favorite characters when I was a kid was Gumby. I've got a Gumby sitting on top of my shelf. So I love that because kids can relate to that one, too. It's neat to see that people who serve are not always so hard-nosed, that they actually have a chance to be flexible and to step in where the need really is. And we know that wins respect. Mm-hmm. I want to see the church do that, too. Yeah. And in the last part of the program, let's just turn to a scripture focus that goes to the heart of what these people have exemplified by their behavior, by their choices, and see how it plugs into our reset we need to be doing as a church. It's Paul's word to the church in Colossae, and it goes kind of like this. You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all, Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. 
for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the Anointed One who called you to peace as part of His body, and always be thankful. Let the Word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the Scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises, and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Mm. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. In the New International Version, Colossians 3.12 reads, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Hmm. Man, if the world could see us doing that, day in, day out, and the first thing they said about the church when they heard about us would be, oh, they're the kind ones. Mm. They're the patient ones. In fact, they took care of me. They're, they're generous. They're not proud. You know, if they could see that first, that's what they said about us, whether they liked us or not. Mm. What kind of difference would we be making in this world at a time they need us the most? It would be tremendous. Yeah. And I know there are plenty of individuals and great churches out there that are applying this Absolutely. with gusto mm -hmm. right now. Unfortunately, some aren't. So I would just say, let it start with us. So if your church is not standing for those particular principles right now, or they're acting afraid, or even your pastor is afraid of something, I would say, pray this over your own family. Pray this mm -hmm. over your church and your community, that those who are of the household of faith, the chosen people, the ones that are holy, that are set apart for God's work, that are dearly loved by him. We know that from Scripture, that God would, in fact, give them the courage to do this. Because it says for the people to do this, not for God to do this for the people. It says to the people, clothe yourselves mm -hmm. in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, just like the uniform of the National Guard sets them apart. Mm-hmm. Let our clothing set us apart through what we've just talked about in the yeah. scripture. You ever in grade school when you would get an award or something, got the kind award or mm -hmm. something for being the one that week that led the class by your example? You mm -hmm. get a pin on your thing that said kindness. Imagine if the world around us could see how we act and say, I want to pin that word on your coat because mm -hmm. you've been acting like that. I would love to see, like kids do in classes, the right kind of pride that goes with accepting an award for something they've actually done, mm -hmm. for being that kind of person, and to get that kind of award from your teacher to know that you did well. I think as our challenge for today, I, I want to leave it at that, because as we imagine what it's like for National Guardsmen to be standing in the classroom doing a job they're not familiar with, but being kind and patient in it and learning the ropes from the kids, mm -hmm. as well as from the yeah. teachers and administrations, to serve them in this way, to help get the communities back on their feet. What greater gift can it be for someone who's in the military but to be building and healing and encouraging and saving? is so much better than being called up for the purposes just of war. They don't want to be fighting. They want mm. to be building. Right. So thank God for the National Guard in New Mexico. I thank God for all those in all kinds of professions and callings that are stepping forward to do things that are outside their comfort zone right now mm -hmm. and serving their communities. So let's keep praying that God will raise us up for that. Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're one of the people that would love to, if someone had asked you about being a substitute teacher, would step into a school that needed somebody. 
Maybe you need to be praying about where God might use you there and asking some questions of the schools. Check in with your local school district. They might just welcome you in. And we welcome you into that prayer with us because this is a family of Compassion Radio listeners and faithful supporters. Thank you so much for standing with us as we work our way through this season. And we look forward to hearing more from you about what God's doing in your life and maybe the things that were inspired by these broadcasts that came out in your own Christian faith. Don't be afraid to let us know about that. Thanks again for joining us on this week's Compassion Radio 360. Remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today, and it will be double with a matching grant. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.